What's up, everyone? We're back for part two of our draft prospect walkthrough. Uh, Frank is about to join me in just a second. And we're going to pick it up from EJ Liddell. What about Patrick Baldwin, a player that Milwaukee basketball fans will be very familiar with? Uh, who else we got? Jaden Hardy is going to be on the list. Jalen Williams is going to be on the list as well. So Frank's about to join me. Uh, as always, get involved. YouTube comments, Twitter comments. Uh, tell us who you think the Bucks should take. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. EJ Liddell, um, he was like probably the first, I feel like multiple mocks right after the lottery or, you know, kind of happened. Like he was the mock to the Bucks, um, undersized Ohio State big man, but super productive, um, surprisingly good two-way player, block shots, you know, even though he's only, what, six, seven or so, but big wingspan, um, was a very productive scorer, rebounder, shot blocker. Um, you know, again, just kind of, kind of a guy who knows how to play, but Kind of the question is like, okay, what exactly, how exactly does his size and some of his physical limitations translate to the NBA level? I actually would find him a lot more interesting if not for the fact that I think Bobby Portis is going to be back um, because I don't think he's like, like guard, could be guarding three, got three men or something like that. I think he is like a four, maybe quote unquote, a five. If Giannis is out there, you know, whatever, it becomes a little messy when, when Giannis is on the floor, like who's, who's really the big man. But um Interesting in the 17 to 32 range per, per the hoops hype um, mock draft. Again, I wouldn't like, you know, hate that pick. I could talk myself into it, I guess. Um, but kind of like also a guy, maybe not as exciting in terms of like ultimate upside um, because, you know, he's kind of like some spot up shooting capability, but was kind of like a post up uh, college player. And obviously that's not, going to be something where he's going to become a star in the NBA doing that kind of stuff. Um, we already talked about uh, Nikola Jovic. Um, Blake Wesley. I was talking about Blake Wesley to somebody the other day. I mean, he's like this kind of explosive combo guard from Notre Dame, very highly touted out of high school, freshman, super inefficient, like didn't really make the shots <laughs> that well. I just, I just don't know how to like, I, these are the kind of guys that I just never trust myself. I don't trust my eyes to see something in, you know, in the muck of inefficiency and youthful indiscretion. I just don't trust myself to pick those guys out who are going to pan out because again, when guys like this don't work, you're like, of course, Oh God, why did, why did, why would we have wasted a pick on that guy? Right. <laughs> like, you know, um, so, uh, so yeah, um, that, that he's just one of these guys again, like he could be really good. I mean, again, this mock, the mock range has him from 10 to 36, which, you know, obviously some, some people see obviously a lot in him. You know what they call um, that? 10 to 36. They call it Thon Maker to Malcolm Brogdon range. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big range. That's a big range. <laughs> um, the next guy, Walker Kessler, 
uh your favorite whipping boy um ah, Kane. yeah uh, awesome okay awesome let college. me let me just quickly say with this guy and by the way he averaged something like 4.8 blocks per game i mean just yeah, insane crazy but you can't convince me and yeah if you're looking like future to the next six years whatever which is clearly you know if you think he would want to be a Brook Lopez replacement. But a couple of things. He's not even going to be close to as good as Brook Lopez next year, which, uh, so you take a significant step back. And then secondly, uh, for all the talk of, well, the Bucks can't play Brook Lopez in the playoffs. It's useless. You can't have a guy that doesn't switch in the perimeter. You can't have someone that's playing drop coverage. Then why the hell would you want to draft him? So I just don't get it. <coughs> Preaching to the choir. Um, <laughs> I mean, again, not to say that you know, big men don't have a role in the NBA. I mean, we of we course. know the of, of of all uh, teams, the Bucks know that that big men can still have a role in the NBA. But you know, especially if you again assume Bobby Hortis is back, Brook is back, Giannis is back. Um, really, the only way to crack the the kind of the big rotation is if you are kind of that like small ball again, the PJ Tucker replacement guy that yeah. that was never identified. Um, and you're a guy that can play with Giannis in sort of more switchy, you know, kind of small, small units, a guy that can, again, defend Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown or, um, you know, be able to protect the rim a little bit and do some of those things. So um, that that's the sort of player that, I mean, I'm gravitating towards, you know, when we talk about Tari Eason or, you know, even, uh, again, Mar- Marjan Beauchamp, even maybe Jang. Um, those are the players where it's like you can kind of like if you squint hard enough, you can sort of see like okay, that those guys could be that kind of player um, in a couple of years. But right now, it's like eh, you know, um, Jaden Hardy. I was I was open minded to Jaden Hardy again. I like the G League. I, I kind of give the benefit to the G League and Night guys to some extent again because of the, they're playing against men and you know they're not just beating up on you know guys that have to do their math homework that night. Um, but I, with Hardy, again, really highly touted guy coming out of high school, good frame for like a combo guard, but, you know, not a consistent shooter in the G League. And like, what else does he do, right? Like, has some playmaking, but he's not like a real point guard. Um, and his finish, he was a terrible finisher in the G League, which again, he's going against men, but it's not like he's like some nuclear athlete or something like that. So again, it's like, you just look at him, you're just like, shit, this guy, (laughs) you know, like watching him, he takes tons of mid-range jumpers. And I just had visions of 2015 sitting in my, my good friend, Steve Von Horn's apartment in Boston, watching the analysis of the Rashad Vaughn pick and thinking, is his upside like late career OJ Mayo? Like that was just sort of (laughs) the feeling I got watching Rashad Vaughn. And, um, at least Rashad Vaughn, like I think, uh, was a better jump shooter than Jaden Hardy is at this point. I think Jaden Hardy's a bit, a bit better of an athlete. But, um, but anyway, yeah, it's just, it's just hard because, again, this guy could figure it out and he could be a really interesting kind of attacking combo guard scorer. But I think those guys are always like a little bit, tend to be a little overrated anyway. Um, and so it's just kind of hard. And, and and look, I mean, the Bucks of all teams could probably use a guy like that, you know, I mean, we just saw, I mean, George Hill obviously never wants to shoot Javon Carter, even in his best days. I mean, you know, if you bring him back, I mean, he doesn't want to shoot, right. They're not like offensive creators. So there, there's absolutely a lack of kind of, you know, shot creation outside of the Bucks big three. And they, they definitely need somebody who does, who wants to do some shit. 
Um, and again, like Jordan War is kind of like sheepishly raising his hand and saying like, you know, I'll, I'll take shots, I'll do stuff. But eh, sorry, Jordan. Um, kind of continuing the list, Kennedy Chandler is the next guy. Very, I think, I mean, a much more productive um, type of player, but a guy that um, is just really small. And I, again, like really, really small guards. I just have visions of like, okay, you're just going to spend, you just have to really like bend over backwards side of hard these guys, hide these guys defensively in the playoffs, especially, you know, again, not to over-index on the Celtics, but I mean, are the Celtics going anywhere, right? I mean, all their kind of core guys outside of Horford are, are kind of on the young side. So I, I just kind of struggle with these guys. If you're like, you know, six foot, six one, and you're not like built like a freight train or something like that, I'm just like, man, I just, I just sort of struggle with it. Um, and then kind of going down the list, so Patrick Baldwin is is 26. 18 to 36 is the range here on this. Again, I think Bucks fans, you know, anybody from the state of Wisconsin probably is fairly familiar with Patrick Baldwin, given kind of the story of being the super highly touted prep player, ends up going to play for his dad at UW-Milwaukee, and then just has a terrible year, ends up getting hurt, um, and doesn't really test well at the combine. And it's just kind of like, okay, you know, who's the, what's the real Patrick Baldwin? And so again, like you draft a guy like that, you know, could be out of the league in a year. He could go undrafted and never play in an NBA game, right? Would not shock me. Um, or maybe that pedigree that everybody loved in high school, maybe that eventually shines through. He gets healthy, you know, gets on an NBA training regime, gets stronger. He's got a, you know, he's a really big guy who has shooting skill. Um, yeah, sure. There could be something there. But again, do you want to use the 24th pick to gamble on that guy? Again, feels just like a guy that is more of the, you know, guy you get excited about getting at 43, <laughs> the 43rd pick rather than the guy that, you know, you commit your, you know, your highest first round pick that you're probably going to have um, for the next couple of years on. Talk about our friends now at betonline.net, which is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, news and odds, including the NBA Finals. Uh, heading into game four, the Boston Celtics now understandably favorites. They're leading 2-1. They are minus 220. That's to take care of the championship. The Golden State Warriors plus 190 if you're interested in that. Uh, how about the series correct score? Celtics in six plus 200. Celtics in five plus 300 if you think they can win the next two games. Uh, what about Warriors in seven? That's the next favorite at plus 300 there. Uh, total games for the series. If you think that it's going seven, uh, you can get plus 140. If you think it's only going five games, you can get plus 300 there. Uh, and now Jalen Brown, three to one. He's a, he's the third favorite for NBA Finals MVP. You can get those odds there. But all the odds are there at betonline.net. Uh, leading into game four and leading through to the end of the NBA Finals. And you can also find baseball, hockey, MMA, UFC, all those things uh, that you might be interested in. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. And don't forget about the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft, which starts on June 16. Uh, with over 50 insiders, nothing equals the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. Locked on NBA Big Board Draft Experts plus the Odyssey Insiders. First pick is June 16. Search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and follow now. So you don't miss a pick. Kendall Brown, Baylor, 
Um, he's the number 27 in this consensus mock. Really interesting player, kind of like nuclear athlete, switchable combo forward, but just like really doesn't have just really doesn't have like shooting skill, like, and doesn't look like he's going to be a, sh- like, just does not look like a guy who's going to come or <laughs> turn around and become a shooter. Like he looks like kind of just a foreman who, again, he can do some stuff like in transition and things like that, but like it has some passing ability, but like, uh, you know, I, I just think it's a little bit, I just think it's a, just a little bit too long of a putt for me to see him being, anything but kind of like a garbage man offensively. And again, could be a great garbage man offensively. Um, but again, I think that's why, again, 19 to 52 is his range in the mocks right now. And that brings me to a guy that a lot of people have been excited about. He was in Milwaukee, I believe yesterday or the day before for a workout. Uh, Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. He's mocked in the 17 to 46 range, had an awesome pre-draft camp, tested awesome athletically, was great in the scrimmages, which you give him credit for. He actually played in them. Um, six, six, seven, two wingspan, I believe. Um, just a kind of like a really interesting combination of kind of savvy pick and roll playmaker makes lots of like really nice passes, knows how to handle the ball. Again, is he going to be like an NBA point guard? Probably not. Right. But as like kind of a second side creator guy who can be in pick and rolls, um, and who can do stuff with the ball if you give it to him late. Shot the ball nearly 40% from three, has some step back to his game. And again, not like a nuclear athlete, but had one of like, had some of the best combine numbers, vertical numbers at the combine. And, you know, again, like you watch video of him, you're like, man, this guy like knows how to play. And again, he's not super young. He played at Santa Clara. So he didn't have that super high level of kind of competition that you ideally would like, but grew a lot in college, which is why he was at Santa Clara. Uh, and just a really intriguing guy who, you know, I've, I've definitely kind of gone along with the crowd who just sort of look at him. You're like, man, it wouldn't shock me if he was, you know, a a contributor as a rookie in the NBA, he just does a lot of stuff and seems competent defensively. Um, and just a lot to like there. So I, I don't know. I mean, again, just size wise and skill wise, um, maybe he's not sort of like the nuclear, like switchable, um, athletic defensive player um i think he could be a good defensive player but he's not necessarily in the category of like a tari eason or something like that but again that's why you know his range is 17 to 46 and he's number 28 in this consensus mock instead of 16 like like tari eason is i don't know have you i don't know if you've looked into jalen williams at all you've probably seen lots of people talking about him kane do you want to weigh in on jalen williams and knowing that if you criticize him um you may become a target of of bucks nation no, well, I'm confused because there's two. There's two. I'm yes. There's Santa Clara J- Jalen Williams, not not Arkansas Jalen Williams. J e j a l e n. There's just so many Jalen's out there these days. Too just Jaylen's. so many Jalen's. But let's talk about Santa Clara uh, Jalen Williams here. Uh, Steve Nash was Santa Clara, wasn't he? Has there been mm-hmm. many other really good NBA players from Santa Clara? Not too sure. But. Uh, the thing that stands out with Jalen Williams, just when you read what the the draft experts say about him, and I, I just had Fasini's mock up there, and it's just got me a little confused. He had him going twenty one to Denver. Anyway, it's in that range. And the thing that I'm like, wait a second, he get he says there's just not that many holes in his game, and I'm like, then I'm looking at every player around him, and it's like, well, he can score, but he can't finish at the rim. Uh, he he gets his shots up, 
but he doesn't defend at all. And so it's just like confusing to me. Why is this, this yeah, guy with perfect he, yeah. NBA size? Why is he going to be there at 24? So part of me uh, doesn't want to get too excited. But yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, and the, the point that he was a point guard previously, and that's why, and you see this like with, it's not a totally rare thing, but when guys go through growth spurts, but they kind of can handle the ball a little bit and pass a little bit because they've played a point guard in their past. So there just seems to be, a lot to like there. The fact that he's six six and you know whatever six 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 seven is interesting because at the start of this pod, when you said that you know size is something that you're looking at, it's just so funny to me that uh, you mentioned that player that's uh, I think six foot. I can't remember who that was, but that's like in 2020 Kennedy Chandler. But in 2022, it's like six foot. Like you're like my goodness, can you? Uh, will you ever be able to play in the playoffs? Probably not. Uh, and even for me, when I was looking at some of the guards and even Hardy, again, who's only 6'4", and Ty Ty Washington, who's only 6'4", it's like, geez, it's so small, like, in, in 2022. Like, and it's obviously not. But uh, when you look at some of the point guards that, are, that have come into the league in, in recent years and they're 6'6", 6'7", and beyond, it is it is a bigger, bigger man's uh, game than it was even five years ago. And I think that's why Jalen Williams is really interesting. Uh, time for a quick note from our friends at Sakara, now is the time to seek wellness, joy, and abundance in all areas of your life, starting with what you eat. With Sakara, you get nutrient-dense meals, snacks, and supplements that nourish your body without ever sacrificing taste or quality. Looking or feeling your best shouldn't mean deprivation. Instead, choose joy and abundance. Sakara's organic, plant-rich, transformational nutrition programs are designed to help you cultivate body intelligence so you can nourish your body and experience the results you want. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. They use plant-rich ingredients for out. And right now, we're going to deal for you. Go. Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash lockdown20 or enter the code lockdown20 at checkout. That's sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash lockdown20 to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash locked on 20. Yeah. Kennedy Chandler, six, six foot and a half inches in shoes, six, five and a quarter wingspan, 172 pounds. It's a little, it's just a really small guy, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, you have to be so good just to like hack it as a backup, you know, at that size. It's just, it's just really hard, hard to figure out. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. Jalen Williams. I mean, again, you can put me on the bandwagon, um, you know, watching film of him. It just, just seems like the guy knows how to play it. Right. And that, that at least makes me somewhat optimistic that hopefully Mike Budenholzer, you know, we know Bud has, is going to have some say in this, right. Because he's the guy that has to decide if he plays, um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what, what profile they go for. And then that's something I, I, I wanted to bring up at the top. I mean, it's kind of hard. I mean, again, the, the, with the, the number of picks that have been traded since John Horst has been GM, it's kind of hard to figure out. I mean, there, there, there isn't a, a lot of track record. Obviously it's not great since Horst became GM. They haven't obviously picked very high um, t- during that entire time. Cause they've been very good and have traded a lot of picks. Um, but it's a little weird. Cause it's like the GJ Wilson and, and Dante picks, feel like okay you're going for like established upperclassmen kind of two-way guys big programs where role players you know can kind of like know what it's like to just try to fit in right away um at the nba level obviously mixed bag how that worked out 
Um, but then you look at like the more recent picks and, you know, it's like Sam Merrill, Jordan Wara, Sandra Mamukalashvili. I mean, not exactly. I don't, I don't know that any of those guys you look at and be like, oh yeah, those guys like profile as guys who are going to play in the playoffs one day, right? <laughs> I mean, um, none of them were were small. Um, even Sam Merrill was, you know, reasonably sized for a guy that that ultimately, you know, may have had a, you know, at least was sort of a point guard. And I think we saw like not really um, ultimately, but um, but none of those guys were like good defensive players. So I, it was interesting that those were guys were the players that the Bucks rolled the dice on. And I don't know, maybe there's a learning there because I mean, you know, yes, Sandro got some time early in the season when there were all the injuries um, and shot the ball very well. I felt like he was pretty smart, but just like cannot defend uh, at all. <laughs> at all. And obviously Wara had his moments maybe defensively this year. Just think back to that block on Kevin Durant on opening night, you know, how, uh, how long ago that seems. But, uh, you know, again, just defense feels like the reason that he's probably never going to, you know, have a major role in, in Milwaukee. We'll see what happens with his free agents this summer. So, um, so yeah, it, it is kind of hard to, to even peg, you know, what the Bucks really value. And again, we'll, we'll see if maybe I, I would expect they may revert back to more of the profile of the guy that, you know, they picked in those, or those early first rounders with, with DJ Wilson and, and Dante Vincenzo, obviously you hope it works out better this time. Um, but in theory, at least like the, the idea of a DJ Wilson, you know, a guy who was very mobile, big, long, um, shot well, you know, like, oh, okay, I get that, right? Like that that seems like the kind of role player that that can fit in. Again, you just hope this time it works out a little bit better. Um, let's go through a few more names before we we drop for the night. But um, Bryce McGowan's from Nebraska. He went to Nebraska, so I, I didn't bother looking into him. He could be you know, the next coming of whatever, but um, I'm skipping him. Uh, Jake LaRavia from Apologies Wake Forest. to our listeners that uh, went to Nebraska. <clears throat> yeah. We just to say that. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, Jake LaRavia from Wake Forest. Interesting player, like pretty good spot up shooter, like a gets a lot of stocks, kind of like a, probably like an, more of a little slightly undersized four man, um, doesn't have a great like a like kind of alligator arm type guy. Um, like I think he's like six eight with a six nine wingspan. I think pretty sturdy. Um, could be a fine NBA player, but like, do I want to take that guy at twenty four? Eh, just not exciting, you know. Not not a, a super athlete. Um, the next guy, Dalen Terry. I've actually I don't know if I've ever actually heard anybody say his name out loud. Um, from Arizona, we were. Uh, messaging with with our friend Justin Garcia since Justin's a big Arizona fan he's very pro Terry um he's a guy who's been shooting up the, he's the guy who's been shooting up the draft boards a lot um he's right now in the 22 to 39 range in this consensus mock 31 but I think he's actually the highest riser of anybody in the consensus mock right now he's jumped nine spots um in the consensus mock draft rankings uh, really interesting player. I think he's six seven from Arizona. He's like kind of like small forward size, but very unselfish, kind of like glue guy, role player guy. Played a couple years at Arizona. He's going to be twenty years old. Um, 
he doesn't always look like the smoothest guy to me, but he's, I mean, everybody seems to agree that he's athletic and springy and became a pretty passable three-point shooter, at least a spot-up guy towards the end of the year. So again, like, is there a, a big upside there? I, I don't know. I don't feel like there is. Um, and interestingly, I think he's, he reminds me a lot of the next guy on the list who's Wendell Moore, who is, I was messaging with our friend Eric Name and friend of the pod CJ the other day. They're both, they were kind of joking about how they're like the leaders of the Wendell Moore fan club. Um, and he's just a really interesting player. I mean, he, he played at Duke. He's, he's not under the radar in that regard. Um, you know, average 13 points a game. I think he was like four or five assists a game. Like, but he's like six five, and I'm trying to remember if he's like a seven foot or seven two wingspan. But again, very good frame. You know, he doesn't play like a nuclear athlete, but his testing numbers were terrific. Um, again, like has a really good frame, especially for a guy that could be like a secondary ball handler um, and could maybe even play some point guard for you um, to be, you know, again in that seven foot wingspan type category. I mean, it, I was joking that like, okay, so is he like? 33 year old George, George Hill, you know, like before George Hill, like completely forgot that you can, you're allowed to shoot the basketball um, and kind of being just sort of like a steady, good decision-making guy. Again, like, is that like a sexy, super upsidey pick? Maybe not. You know, he's a, I think he's 20 years old, going to be 21 ish sometime soon. Um, so again, he's not like a 19 year old, like the world is our oyster. He could be anything type player. Um, but I, I don't, I mean, I just read about like kind of like his game and interesting to compare him to somebody like Jalen Williams. He's a little, he's a little bit smaller than Jalen Williams, um, but similar ages. I think, I think Wendell Moore is a little bit younger and it's kind of one of those questions. It's like, well, if Wendell Moore played at Santa Clara, I mean, wouldn't he average five more points per game <laughs> or whatever, right? Um, he probably would have looked pretty good and put up big numbers and, Again, you watch the film of him, it's like, I think he, you know, I think it was a high 30s, maybe close to 40% three-point shooter. I mean, again, is he going to be Steph Curry? No, but um, there's certainly, you're not you're not having to bend over backwards to convince yourself that this guy is going to be able to knock down shots. So I think both those guys are interesting. Again, are you excited to get them at 24? Or are those the guys that, you know, if you trade it down for multiple second-round picks, which could be something the Bucks could look at, you know, would you be more excited about trading down to, you know, 30 and 34 and getting him and some other guy, right? One of these other guys. Well, yeah, that might be more exciting. Get get two bites of the apple, depending on how you view sort of the depth of the draft. Um, I certainly looking at this being, a, again, um, a less than super educated draft watcher. It does feel like some of the guys in the, you know, early 20s don't look a whole lot different to me than guys in the early thirties. So I think that's certainly maybe something that the bucks look at. Um, and then maybe one other guy I'll mention Christian Braun is at, um, actually I want to mention two, two other guys, Christian Braun, uh, from Kansas six, seven kind of wing, um, short arms, like negative wingspan guy. I think he's like six, six and a half wingspan classic white guy problem. Um, pretty good athlete, pretty good shooter. Again, not like crazy at either kind of just out of the box, good role player, you know, played for a big program. Um, so interesting player, right. Um, 26 to 45 is, is his supposed range. Um, 
I like him. He was in Milwaukee the same day as the Jalen Williams workout. So, you know, again, we'll, I guess, see on draft night if they pick one or the other. Then we may know how that how that draft workout went. Um, but he's interesting me. And then the last guy that I want to mention, and again, maybe a little bit of um, home state bias here, but Justin Lewis from Marquette um, seems like a really interesting prospect. He's right now, consensus mock has him at 45. 36 to 49 is his range. But again, kind of like they're just, he's 6'7 with a 7'2 wingspan. He's really strong. Um, maybe not again like a crazy athlete, but his combine testing numbers were, were good. And again, has that long wingspan. Shot the ball 35% from three. You know, 16, 17 points a game. Not crazy numbers, but really sturdy defensively. And again, just a guy where it's just like, you can sort of talk yourself into seeing this guy as like, sure, why, why can't that guy be, you know, a, a rotation guy for a playoff team, you know, a couple of years from now. So um, I, again, I think there's a lot of guys that sort of fit the profile of the type of player that I'd be interested in. And you know, again, obviously the first question is, do, do the Bucks keep the pick in the first place? Um, but if they do, even if they were to trade down into like the early thirties, I think there's a number of guys there that, again, fit into that kind of like wing type profile who, again, could give you a combination of, you know, kind of athleticism, size, two-way potential, and again, maybe not proven knockdown shooting right out of the box, but guys that at least have, you know, either kind of vertical athleticism with potential to add some shooting, or maybe they have a little bit more playmaking and kind of basketball IQ. So, um, so anyway, so that's my... That's my quick rip through the consensus mock draft, and I'll be wrong on many of those. Um, but you know, we'll delete the we'll delete this these videos, Kane, and make sure that you know a year from now, no one will be able to look at them and, and see how wrong we were. Well, the beauty is, if you name enough players, uh, surely you're going to hit on one of yeah. them, and, and you're just going to hope that they get picked before the Bucks uh, take their 24. <laughs> then you say, well, I would have been right. When, when Walker Kessler wins Rookie of the Year next year. We'll go back and delete this, uh, delete this video, so to make sure no one sees us talking about, you know, when Walker, Walker Kessler and Kennedy Chandler are the two breakout stars of the rookie class. We'll go back and have to make sure nobody sees this. And uh, by the way, I do want to say, if the Bucks draft Walker Kessler, I will do a full 180 and be on board the train. I need to be, I need to be clear about that. But uh, I think you'll be a good player. Just not doesn't make sense in Milwaukee. There's, there's no shame in that. There's no shame in that. There's no personal shame. I mean. Probably a future Hall of Famer. Just don't think we need him in Milwaukee. My goodness, if that happens, that'll be one of my worst. <laughs> but uh, you know, this is this is what we do here. And uh, interesting, you mentioned the trade down last year. They had picked thirty-one. Was it fifty-four and sixty? Uh, uh, and and you know, we've spoken about the Bucks roster. They got to fill it somehow. Uh, so, you know, that's typically the type of thing that happens on draft night. I guess if there's a team that desperately wants someone to pick twenty-four, maybe it's on the table there. I don't know what teams. Um, yeah, I have multiple seconds, but yeah, anyway, uh, well, <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I was going to say, I mean, um, sorry to get you off, but, no. um, the, and, and I'm just bringing it up. I think, I think Oklahoma city has like four picks and I think 30 and 34 might be, of might be one of them, right. Sam Presti just up to his old tricks. Um, but I, I think it, it is worth mentioning, um, you know, we talk about the tax and kind of the implications of some of those things. So the number 24 pick, um, the salary slot that they that they will be getting next year would be 2.4 million bucks, right? So 
not a lot. That's pretty cheap. Um, but you know, you think about kind of filling the roster. I mean, the Bucks don't. The Bucks are not going to have like a ton of roster spots that they have to fill in all likelihood. Um, when you think about the number of guys coming back, and again, this assumes Pat and Bobby are back, um, and Thanasis is back, and you know, maybe one of like Luca Vildoza and Rajon Tucker are back or something like that. Um, I mean, they don't have they don't have tons of spots to go back. I mean, we haven't talked about Sandro Mamukalashvili, right? Like, is is he back? They don't have like tons of spots, but but in the event that they wanted to, again, kind of potentially do like a move where they trade down, um, you know, the the upside from a financial perspective of the um, second round picks is if you sign those guys to the minimum, um, a two year minimum, they only count as the actual minimum for salary cap purposes. Which again, you know, I'd have to double check, but it's probably about like seven, eight hundred thousand bucks in terms of just value difference between that and a minimum contract player, because um, those guys count at at generally at least the the second year veteran minimum. And again, like when you talk about on on the margin where the bucks are with the tax, you multiply all that by four or five times. You know, you're talking about like you know if you take two. Um, two second rounders, right? So like, for instance, Orlando has 32 and 35. Oklahoma City has 34 and 30. 30 is actually a, a, the end of the first round. But um, but again, there's a lot of, you know, potential ways that you might be able to trade back um, and, and potentially add, you know, two picks rather than just one. Or maybe you punt one to, to next year. Um, there is potential tax optimization let's just say by doing that and again i'm sure you know if you're a fan yeah that's right you're not too excited about that but in practicality that stuff might matter right it's like well let's add a second round pick next year we'll move to the low 30s and we still think we can get a guy that we like there and oh by the way we'll save you know 1.5 million in the salary and that's going to equal seven or eight million bucks in terms of net cost this year Again, that may be part of the calculus of what they're doing. I hope that there's somebody great at 24 that they're excited about that we'll be excited about, and they just draft that guy, and you know we see that guy pan out and and make contributions for the Bucks in the playoffs. But again, these are the, the all the unknowns that that we uh, we will not know the answers to for quite some time. But at a minimum, uh, we're only what what a couple weeks away uh, from, from seeing kind of at least what they do on draft night. And um, that's pretty exciting. I don't know. It's, it's funny. uh, Yeah. Thursday, June 23rd. It's funny. uh, Just thinking back to the days when, you know, the, the the pre-draft workouts, like the bucks would tell you in the morning who was coming in that day. You get all excited to like, see the video from the draft workout. Billy McKinney would, talk in code about what they saw in those players and you'd be like, Oh, is he sandbagging? Does he hate that guy? Does he like that guy? Um, and now like they tweeted out pictures from the Jalen Williams workout and then they deleted it because they didn't want apparently anybody to, <laughs> to know who they worked out. Cause now they're, you know, NBA champs and they have bigger fish to fry than, uh, and <laughs> trying to get people excited about, uh, you know, number 24 overall picks but you know hey this is this is how far we've come as a fan base i guess yeah no offense but um i would say if you're an nba franchise you'd probably look at the guys that the bucks are working out and say all right we'll steer clear of those guys (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no offense. Oh, I've got I've got full faith. I've oh, got full faith, but let's just say oh, it's been a rough harsh. road. It's, it's it is, but it's been a rough road. All right. Let's wrap it up. Uh make sure you check out uh the NBA uh, big board podcast. Speaking of uh draft stuff, uh people are starting to get excited about that. So they'll have you covered with all the big names and uh going down to where we will be picking that uh, pick twenty-four there. So it's well worth uh a listen. But Frank, let's wrap it up. It's lovely to have you back. It's great to great to hang out with you, Frank. I'm glad you're well. I'm glad everyone's well. And uh, now I can go back to hassling you throughout the weeks without guilt. Yeah, uh, like like Camille, COVID uh, got my whole household, and thankfully it was we we weren't we weren't too badly impacted by it. But um, you know, I still have a little bit of a kind of cold, even though I'm now technically COVID free or neg- testing negative, but. So it goes. You got. We got to fight through that. You know. I mean, we just got to fight through this because there's there's draft podcasts to uh, to be to be recorded, and uh, you know, it's a, it's it's maybe not the most fun time of year anymore, right? Now now the, the playoffs are, are what we look forward to, but um, it's it's good to, it's it's good to have draft uh, the draft back, especially last year, right? There was what like a week difference between winning a championship and the draft. It was kind of all pretty crazy and happened really quick. But this time around, uh, we get to actually do some research and kind of soak it in a little bit so hopefully we will be a little more educated this time around than last year i was still too drunk from celebrations to even pronounce mamu kalashvili like last last year's draft all right let's wrap it up uh let us know what you think on twitter and the youtube comments of the guys that uh frank's rattled through and the guys that we've uh discussed here on this podcast and then we will uh we'll be back next week so for yourself frank enjoy the weekend